Hey everyone, it's Julia here. Welcome to the Soulful Jewels podcast. If it's your first time listening, I'm so glad that you turned it on today because this is going to be such a special episode. I have a woman today that I've looked up to for a very long time and now I'm just so grateful that I get to call her my friend and someone that I still look up to as a role model, as a woman, as a mother, as a wife, as a friend. Friend, she is what I call a gem in this world. Truly one of a kind. She really, really is unique and special with just the way she lives so genuinely and just with so much love and encouragement and also fun and playfulness that I could go on and on with the reasons I look up to her for over a year I need to look at my notes but I've been meeting with her one-on-one and y'all know I'm opening up Freedom Studio in Mount Pleasant South Carolina and I would not be where I am or who I am if it wasn't for this person she has poured into me she has been praying over me and just I observe her like she's someone that when she takes my fitness classes or blah blah blah, like I'm just so aware of how she is like she'll is always looking for a way to help always looking a way to serve others and it's not in a way of like hey do you need help she does it she she really is and I messaged her this the other day like she's not living the way of the world when I think of wanting to live like Jesus live with a gentle heart live with humility live with loving all people and encouraging people and not speaking negatively like all these things this is how she lives and Forrest and I are friends with her family we go to her son's baseball games and even for us like can we copy and paste their children to be our children like they're so respectful so kind just a wholesome really beautiful family so everyone I am welcoming my friend and role model Jenna Surratt Alrighty, Jenna hello hi So I just want to start the episode for people that don't know you. Just tell us a little about yourself. Okay. So I have been married to Jason Surratt for almost 17 years. We have four children. Addison is our oldest. She just turned 15, got her driver's permit. Exciting times. Then there's Everly, who is 13. Sutherland is 12. And then our little man, Kingston, is nine. Our buddy. Yeah, and we um, we both, Jason and I both pastor at Seacoast Church. I've been on staff for, I guess, 12 years. Wow. 12 years, and I oversee women's ministry there at oh. the Mount Pleasant campus. Yes, go Mount Pleasant. All right, well, since you bring it up, did you grow up Christian? I did not, actually. I... Grew up in a home, I feel like we were kind of, um, I don't know if you've heard the term CEO Christians. No. Like Christmas and Easter oh, only. Oh, that's funny. <laughs> I've heard like Christmas and Easter, but so I like CEO. So we would, we would, I mean, we might have said we were Christians, but yeah. we, not really. We went to church on Christmas and it was more like just our family's tradition. Mm-hmm. And it was like an old school church, love it, and old Salem, North Carolina 
a Moravian church, um, beautiful candlelight service, super, super sweet. And sometimes we would go on Easter. Um, I remember going like a couple times here and there into like a vacation Bible school once when I was a kid, but never anything consistent. And it wasn't until I was in high school, I started hanging out with kids who went to Young Life and ended up going to a Young Life camp at Windy Gap, North Carolina, and accepted Christ at that Windy Gap camp. Um, knew my life had changed, but didn't really, didn't really know what it meant to have a relationship with Jesus. Yeah. And so kind of, I feel like it was like the parable of the sower like I knew a seed had been planted, but it felt like the enemy kind of stole it away pretty quickly. Mm. And then my fast forward to my senior year in college, my mom was diagnosed with breast cancer. And I remember she and my dad came up to, we, my brother and I both went to school at Appalachian State University and they came up to tell us that that was her diagnosis. And when they were leaving that night, my mom and I were both just sobbing, crying, and she turned around and looked at me and just said, just pray. And so I went into my room and somehow had this like student Bible under my bed and got it out and kind of dusted it off. And I got my knees and told the Lord if he saved my mom that I would follow him, whatever that meant. Basically tried to make a deal with the yeah. Lord. <laughs> and Chills. she has been cancer free for 20 years and I have been walking with the Lord for that long it wasn't like quite that simple and easy but I did ask the Lord shortly after that I told him if I'm gonna have some if I'm gonna like do this Christian thing I need to have some Christian friends and almost immediately after that this girl that I played soccer with, Mary Mack, she sent an email to our entire soccer team saying she felt called to start a Bible study for our soccer team. And so I was like, okay, Lord, I think this is from you. Yes. And so I show up the first night and I'm the only one that comes out of our whole team. But eventually more and more girls started to come. And it was through that small group that I learned how to have a quiet time and really started like my relationship with God. And that was senior year of college? Yep. Wow. So when did you meet Jason? Uh, We met, so also in my senior year, I really shortly after that felt like God was calling me to move to Charleston, which was wild because I did not know a single person in Charleston. Mm -hmm. I had been to Charleston one time to basically North Charleston to play in a (laughs) soccer tournament which who decides they want to move to Charleston when they've only been to North Charleston. North Charleston but funny. like, I just hadn't even seen any of the city or anything. And for New Year's Eve, my senior year, I came down to Charleston with some friends and I had met a recruiter from Seabrook Island in college and stayed in touch with her and just told her I was coming in town. And she said, well, why don't you come out to the club and we'll do an interview And that was kind of like my, the Lord literally just like flung this door open for me to get a job and I moved to Charleston. And then I met Jason, felt called to go on a global mission trip and was going to Sri Lanka, hanging out with Pastor Naeem and his wife, Ashley. This is like lots of details. Um, They would do a game night at their house on Friday nights and... 
Jason had just gotten back from spending the summer in Guatemala and he came to see friends and we met there and we both, we just kind of got to know each other at church for about six months and then, yes, just as friends and hung out in groups and then we realized we had a shared heart for missions and we started dating and it went pretty quick from so there. So did, did Seacoast Church exist? Mm-hmm. Yep. So how big was it? Where was it? Was this the movie theater phase? So yeah, well. <laughs> were you meeting him there? Was that where this was? We actually met, so we were going to the annex at the time and that was one, that was actually the first Seacoast campus okay. and it is like in the shopping center, Bell Hall Shopping Center, like right basically beside the church and that was a campus really for college and 20 somethings but I first found Seacoast before I even moved to Charleston I knew I needed a church and I remember the moment I was sitting in my parents house and I was searching online and realized that you could watch the sermons online so this is 2003 and I told my mom, I was like, mom, this is amazing. You can watch these sermons online at that time. Like that was a big deal. Yeah, that's so true. And so I knew Seacoast was going to be my church. And I actually, when I moved into my apartment, I looked in the yellow pages. I'm like, do you even know what yellow pages are? (laughs) And found Seacoast Church. I still, I actually found the phone book when I was like going through some old stuff and I pulled out the page. I've got it in my office, but on the ad for Seacoast. And so I set off like pre-GPS trying to find Seacoast in West Ashley because that's where I lived. And I had no clue I was looking for it in a move in an actual movie theater. It was like in the dollar movie theater (laughs) over on James Island and couldn't find it. Started my new job at Seabrook the next day, met a girl there who was like one of the only people that was my age. And she invited me to go she she asked me do you go to church and I was like well I tried and I got lost couldn't find it was super discouraged about it but she was like well there's this new church that just opened downtown I want to check it out do you want to go with me this weekend so we went to Seacoast at the American Theater downtown on King Street yes that's where the college and 20s campus was yes that was the very first place I went to Seacoast and I knew that was my church home. So you loved it? Who loved was preaching? Loved it. Greg. Greg. Yep. So podcast listeners, if you don't know Jenna, Greg, who started Seacoast, is Jason's dad. Yeah. So tell us what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> like getting married into this family. Like, I don't know, when you married Jason, was Seacoast really big? Because now Seacoast Church is really big. Yeah. How many people go to Seacoast Church? Oh, I'm terrible at numbers. I know, but a lot. We had over 50,000 at Easter. Yeah, I know that. 50,000. That's a lot. Like, when you think about it, this is such a joyous <laughs> That's question. at all of our campuses. You know me, though. Yeah, all the campuses and online. Online, yeah. yeah. And online. But absolutely amazing. Mm-hmm. This is such a joyous way of asking this question. But, like, it's incredible. Like, Seacoast is really big, influences so many people. Mm-hmm. has brought so many people to know Jesus. Yeah. And, like, what's it like? Do you feel like like I'm a serrat? <laughs> or, are you, or is it weird to you to think of being, 
like your your family started this. Do you get what I'm asking? Yeah, I think so. I just like what um, I like. So Jason's family has always been absolutely incredible. Aww. When we were dating, actually the day we went on our first date, I had mailed my application to do YWAM in Australia. YWAM is Youth with a Mission. It's basically a discipleship training school in Australia. I had no idea I was going to start dating Jason. Aww. Got accepted and felt called that's a whole nother story felt called by the Lord to go and do this and so before I even moved I actually lived with Greg and Debbie and I lived with them when I got back before we got married so you were already dating Jason Mm -hmm. so they let me move into their house yes yes yeah and they've always been so incredible and welcoming and just Truly, like, the most amazing family. Oh, I love that. And it doesn't... seems like from the outside. Like, they're just... Everyone that I've met, you, Lisa, just so genuine and authentic humans. Well, and it doesn't feel weird. It feels like such an honor. Yeah. Like, truly, I am, like, so grateful to God that he allowed me to be a part of their family. It really is such an honor. And that honor, like, with great response it comes with responsibility and I always want to feel like pressure or no just no no I just I mean I want to steward that well and I always want to honor God and everything Mm -hmm. I do so no it doesn't feel like pressure because they don't ever make us feel pressured to do anything or be anyone other than like what God is calling us to do oh that's so sweet that's beautiful and I wasn't in ministry, when we got married, I mean, I did the discipleship training training school, but I was working in the secular world, and um, I actually don't even really like that word because I feel like there's such a like beautiful blend between like the sacred and what we call secular. Mm-hmm. I think that we're all called to be ministers of the gospel in yeah. whatever we're doing, and oh, yeah. I've, I personally like loved working in the corporate world because I had the opportunity to build so many relationships outside of the walls of the church which just feels so much harder to do now we have to be so much more intentional in the things that we're doing with our kids and because our whole world is church now yeah that makes sense and I love it I went and trade it but so was there a time in your life where you ever questioned God's existence And how did you prevail? Hmm. Um, Since I started walking with the Lord, He's been so close. I've never questioned His existence. Really? Yeah. That's great. I mean, I definitely didn't walk with Him or necessarily. I mean, I probably would have said I believed in Him. But I've never, I don't know that I've ever questioned God's existence. Mm -hmm. When I look around at his creation, I don't know how anyone could. Really? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like, elaborate. I mean, we live in one of the most beautiful places in the whole entire world. Mm -hmm. And every time I drive over a bridge or watch a sunset 
or sit outside on my porch and listen to the birds or look at like the tiny little flowers and the intricacies and details of them, I know that God is real. Mm, it's an inner knowing. Yeah. And see, and I just posted about that the other day, even the like veins of leaves. Yeah. It's just amazing. It's so amazing. And how our bodies work so Right? Every time I go to the aquarium, I like stand there and I'm like, how did you do this, Lord? Because it's just something that we don't see all the time and it blows my mind even more. Mm-hmm. But so good. I never get tired of like being outside and enjoying his creation. So in times of hardship, do have you ever had moments of like, why God or doubt Or have you been able, I don't know, you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. I mean, I think it's normal to be frustrated with Mm. the Lord or angry sometimes even. And and just to know that he's not afraid of that. And I feel like anytime I've been in that place where I am frustrated or feel like my patience is wearing thin, like I'm, I'm just never afraid to voice that to him. Yeah. And he is all sufficient to meet my every need and to like fill in those gaps. Mm -hmm. And I've seen him work so many really hard, hard situations to like turn them around and bring something beautiful out of them. Um, Do you have any more specific questions? Well, maybe this one goes with that a little bit. And it could go with that. Or then I said, can you tell us a miracle you've witnessed? Mm. Oh, yeah. I could tell you a few. Um, Think of a good one. (laughs) Okay. So right after Kingston was born, I received, as a gift, I received this book called Praying the Scriptures for Your Children. And I read through it pretty quickly. And one of the scriptures that really stuck with me to pray over my kids was Psalm 9111, that God would surround my kids with his angels concerning all of their ways. And so I had prayed that prayer over my kids for at least six months, probably a little bit more. And it was July 4th weekend, 2014. We had had a bunch of family in town for Jason's grandfather's birthday for his 80th birthday we had like a ton of family in town like family reunion and Lisa's parents had a pontoon boat that the guys all went fishing on and it was up tied up at our community dock and so after church that Sunday everybody was leaving town and we were like we just want to chill let's go on like a sunset cruise on the boat So we like roll Kingston in his little stroller and the girls, everybody's still in church clothes. I'm sure we had gone to eat with everybody after church Mm and we roll him on his, on the stroller, like onto the pontoon boat and he's just sleeping and we're listening to need to breathe and just relaxing, like going slow along the Creek. And the girls were kind of playing on the boat and they were climbing up on the front of the rails and we told them to get down and, A couple minutes later, Sutherland climbed up again and flipped over the front of the boat. And I immediately jumped up, dove into the water. Like I said, I mean, I was wearing a dress, still had church clothes on. Jason cuts the engine off on the boat, and I just start swimming. She's three years old, cannot swim. 
I just start swimming until I cannot breathe. And then I look up and about 25 yards back, I see her little head just (gasps) pop up out of the water and I grab her, like get to her as fast as I can. I grab her. We get in the boat. We get home that night and I just, I mean, we're both sobbing where she had cut her leg on the propeller, had like hit her face on the boat. (gasps) When you got her in the boat, was she okay? Like when you brought her back on the boat? I got her up and I mean, I was was sobbing. She was breathing, but I mean, it, that in itself was a straight miracle that we rescued her, but I'm laying in bed with her that night, just holding onto her. Jason and I are both laying there talking to her. And I was like, Sutherland, babe, tell me, like, were you, what was it like when you went under the water? Like, were you afraid? And she was like, mommy, my eyes were closed the whole time, but you were holding me. So I wasn't afraid. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that angels rescued that child, like pulled her up out of the water. There's no other explanation. So there's one miracle story. Even my face has chills. My legs, (laughs) my arms, my face. (gasps) So that was like a really marking moment. Um, another one just happened more recently. Sutherland, same kid. (laughs) We were at the festival of lights before Christmas and she broke her nose on, she was like, they were playing on a playground in the dark and she ran into a slide and broke her nose and ended up having to have two surgeries on her nose and it still was not straight, which was really discouraging. (laughs) Um, she had the cutest little nose and she, and Kingston is part of their student government service projects. They serve the homeless and they were downtown serving the homeless. And Jason met this homeless man named Drew and was talking to him. And Drew found out about Sutherland's nose and really wanted to pray for her. And so he prayed for her and they left. And maybe 10 minutes after they left, Sutherland's nose starts tingling. And then it just starts gushing blood. And I mean, I'm talking like filling up paper towels of blood. And so the next day, her nose is literally straighter than it was. And it looks like now you can hardly tell she broke her nose at all. Wow. So just a couple. A miracle. Yeah. Yeah, That is so beautiful. That is amazing. This homeless man too. Right? And she loves loves homeless homeless people. people. That is so sweet. Thank you for sharing those stories. Absolutely. All right, next question for you. This comes from a friend. Advice to people in big life changes or Mm. transitions? Hmm. I think when you're in any kind of transition, it's really important to stay grounded in the Lord and to have things that are going to like keep you, keep you level. Um, For me, those things look like having a quiet time with the Lord every day, observing the Sabbath every week, having a Mm. date night and having like time, good time with girlfriends. Yes. Um, if I can do all of those things, no matter what's going on in my life, I feel like I can withstand whatever's happening. Whatever's coming your way. Yeah. That's so true. That's great advice. Do you have a defining moment of your life? Hmm. 
That's oh. a hard question, but maybe you do. I probably, probably a few. I mean, accepting Christ for sure, following him, making the decision to go to do that discipleship training mm. school in Australia, yeah. marrying Jason. Um, the moment that we found out we were pregnant, oh my goodness, so many, so many sweet defining moments, but, um, I don't know. I can't really think of those are great ones. I love those. Okay. Last one in this arena. What is one of your favorite scriptures and why? Mm. My life. (laughs) My life verse is Romans 12, 2. It says, don't conform to the patterns of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so you can test and approve God's good, pleasing, and perfect will. And God has brought that scripture alive for me in so many ways over the years. I feel like he gave it to me back in 2003. So it's been about 20 years of God speaking to me through that verse and trying to live it out. Mm. Because I think as a culture, like it's so easy to conform to the patterns of this world. And the Lord wants to transform our minds. Mm -hmm. And we do that through worship, through being in community with each other, through reading his word. And I think it's like, it's just a continual process that he is going to be like working out in me for all the days of my life. Yes. And I love that you just said that because you didn't hear my introduction, but when you do, I literally say how you're someone I look up to so much because you don't live the way of the world. Like you just stand out to me in an amazing way, like such a good way of and I say more in the intro, but that is just, you live that verse. So I'm, I can't believe that's, I can believe that that's your verse because you do that. You do live by that verse. Well, thanks, babe. I appreciate it. So just two questions when it comes to relationships. For people that are dating, mm-hmm. dating, going on dates, or single, you can kind of take it how you want. Any advice? Some of the best advice that I ever received when I was in that dating phase was just to run after the Lord mm-hmm. as hard as you can and then look to see who's beside you. Oh, that's good. I've not heard that. That's good. Look to see who's beside you. Hear that? Hear that, people? All right. Marriage advice. This one's for me. Okay. (laughs) All the married peeps listening. So, three Ds. Dialogue daily, date weekly, and depart quarterly. If If we can do, if we do those things, our marriage stays like so much healthier Mm. and I'm not talking about just the like texting for the daily dialogue which we do a lot I feel like Jason and I communicate a lot but like the actual intentional like if we can take a walk together sit on the front porch swing together or even just go play pickleball together and actually have a conversation daily like connecting Um, intentional connecting just sharing about things that are going on in our days because we with four kids and both of us having like lots going on in ministry it can be easy to lose the like the details that we yeah that we want to we want to share and I want to celebrate the things that he's celebrating and 
like pray with him through things that are hard mm-hmm. and we can't do that if we aren't connecting daily. And then the date weekly is like, I know that you and I have talked about that before, but dating, going on a date, even if we don't feel like it every week is so important for us. I think it's good for our kids to see us making that a priority, prioritizing that time. And that weekly date, it's sometimes it's a date night, sometimes it's a date day on Friday. We might go work out together and go to the beach or just do something fun outside Mm. together, but making sure that we have intentional time together. And the departing quarterly, that is also, it's hard to do, but it's so beneficial. Just you two? Just the two of us. Wow. Yeah. What has that looked like for you? It's looked different ways in different seasons. Sometimes it's like my parents will take the kids for the night and we'll stay at home. Oh, okay. Um, even though we aren't getting away, it's just that extended time together. together that is so important. Sometimes we will go just drive somewhere close for yeah. a couple of nights. Sometimes we have work trips that we can turn into like little getaways, like oh, where we like kind of blend a work trip with an extra night away or something. So. It looks different, but we really do try to get away. The three Ds. Yeah. I love the three Ds. Good. That's great. They weren't originally mine. (laughs) One of our pastor friends in Costa Rica actually told us those, I think, on our five-year anniversary. Five-year anniversary. Wow. So how long have you guys been married? 17 years this June. My favorite number. Congratulations. Thank you. So being married 17 years. I don't even know the question I'm thinking. Just if there's been bumps in the in your marriage, like what do you do or what's been crucial for y'all? Hmm. Oh, there's definitely been bumps, girl. <laughs> and four kids. I'm not trying to say we did the three Ds perfectly this whole time. <laughs> and all of our kids. Um and children too. So some things that we have done that have worked really well yeah. are actually having like real community. Mm-hmm. We have had the same small group for, I don't know, 12 years. Wow. And so, so almost your whole marriage. Yeah. So having real people that we can talk to and process the hard things with is really, really beneficial We have done um, one of the best things I would say that we ever did. We went to this marriage intensive. It was like a week-long marriage intensive in Colorado. It's called Crossroads Counseling of the Rockies. I'll give a plug for Melissa there. She's like a counseling ninja. So amazing. I would say if anyone is, if you're struggling in marriage or if you just want like a major like boost in marriage, then that is something I would recommend. We've done, we've done one other counseling intensive in Colorado that was just a few days, but that week long one was like really, really helpful for us. We've done different devotionals together that have been helpful. Um, yeah, but praying, praying together. Yeah. You've told me that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, so amazing. Well, we look up to you guys so much, which carries me into more that Forrest and I both look up to y'all as parents, amazing children that we love so much. And a question about motherhood. Yeah. What is the most important thing for raising kids and creating 
your schedule and really giving them the best life they can have? I know that's a wordy question, but does anything come to mind? Yeah. I think for me, I I feel called to ministry and marriage and motherhood. And that is sometimes a juggle, but it's like a continual asking the Lord, where do I need to be and when? And for me, being present, even when it's not necessarily convenient for me to do so, there's so many demands in life and ministry, but my desire is to be the best mom for my kids that I can be. I don't necessarily, I don't know if I want to provide... (laughs) I want them to have an amazing life, but I think you that that think can... think about that. Like, I it think, comes. Yeah, and I know that there's always going to be hard things in everyone's life, mm-hmm. and I want to be present for my kids when, mm-hmm. if they need help with homework, if they need to talk about something that happened at school today. Like, I want to be around for them. Yeah. And so it's a continual asking God, is there something that I need to lay down? today or this week so that I can be present and just really like staying tuned to the Holy Spirit and trying to be mindful and asking God to give me eyes to see and ears to hear when one of them might need extra attention. And so we always try to be super intentional in the summer of like really, I try to invest in them a lot in the summer because that's usually a little bit slower ministry time for me. And then in the school year, I try to be done with work by three o'clock. Yeah. I'm still, I mean, I'm technically part-time at work. So I have the flexibility to be able to do that and just mm-hmm. be present when they get out of school. Um, so just being present, really. In your summer, when you say you try to invest in them more, what do you mean? What do you do? Or what's that look like? Um, our summers are usually really fun. Oh. I try to be intentional about we will have a family meeting before summer begins and ask the kids are there any areas in which you want to grow this summer is there anything that you want to see God do this summer is there anywhere you want to go any experience you want to have like and just really try to hear from them now that they're at an Mm. age where they can give us some give us some input on what the summer looks like and setting some like clear boundaries for things like screen time and we always I was actually talking to Kingston about it yesterday we always tell the kids like you've got to read for 20 minutes and have like a 20 minute quiet time in the morning before you have any screen time and then if they do that they're allotted a certain amount of screen time and then there's things that they can do to like earn more things like playing outside or practicing an instrument or practicing typing Like, there's things that they can do to earn more screen time, but I don't ever want them to be just on screens all day during the summer. And so I try to be at home as much as possible, working remotely and just being around for them. And planning, like, lots of fun, intentional things, like hiking and shark tooth hunting and paddle boarding and kayaking and the beach trips and just stuff like that. Oh, I love that. This is such a treat to get to hear all this and all that you do. So on the, you just said family meeting, and I know this year you had a family vision trip that I was obsessed with. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about how did the idea of a family vision 
if it was a trip, Mm -hmm. begin? And what does that look like for your family? So we use a tool called the Family Meeting Guide. It's by Lee Domain. We first heard about it several years ago. It was actually 2020 when we first heard about it and we did our very first one. And so we haven't been doing it that long, but it is something that is integral for our family now. We, at the very first one, we basically work together, answer all of these questions. Everyone, everyone receives a list of I think it's five, maybe six questions prior to the trip. And the trip can be like as simple as you want it to be, but I do think it's really important to get away Mm -hmm. um, and have this like set aside time. So we gave everyone file folders with their questions (laughs) and they answered their questions prior to coming and their things like, um, what what is your biggest challenge this year or... Uh just lots of different questions for them to answer. And we try to use that time to also instill a spirit of generosity in them and ask them if you could give to anything, what would you give to? And we will give them some, just give them a little bit of money to invest somewhere and they report out on their investment and what that looked like. Um, And we come up, the very first one we came up with our family values and then for the the next ones you just you review the family values and revise them if you want to okay next section health you are very healthy i know this as your friend and teaching you fitness classes you're very strong you're also just a beast like i remember there's a class and i don't know why if we were doing 100 burpees or what i had my mindset on but i had everyone doing them and i'm the instructor so i have to do them and i i slowly see the class just dying off and i'm like you guys can do this let's go like i'm saying these things people are slowly dying off we're moving so slow but i look next to me jenna's right next to me she is on it she's adding push-ups she's in the zone like keeping me going I'm like all right if Jenna's still going like I got this so you're keeping me going and you just you're passionate about health you live a healthy lifestyle do you have maybe three top tips for just staying healthy and active in life Mm. well I do I remember that day (laughs) and I will say I love a challenge so I really like it's hard for me it's probably, I'm sure it's pride. It's hard for me to back down from a challenge. (laughs) So thank you for motivating me so well. (laughs) Um, tips for staying active. I mean, I grew up playing Mm -hmm. sports Yeah, and I absolutely miss that part of my life, but I feel like God has given me so many different avenues in order to like stay physically active And for me, it's not just a like staying physically active, Mm. but eating well. And something that God convicted me about a long time ago was like making the importance of being more intentional about staying focused on training, like discipline in like my spiritual practices and keeping that as a priority over any kind of physical anything that I do. Wow. Um, the spiritual training is more beneficial because it's eternal. And so I feel like the Lord convicted me about that when I really shortly after I really started walking with him, I was 
playing soccer. I was training for a marathon, doing like a couple of workouts a day, and I broke my leg in half. Like broke what? my I didn't know this. Broke my tibia and <gasps> fibia in half. I was playing guest playing in a soccer tournament with my college team and it was really, really hard for me. And I remember going to I had to have this like titanium rod put in my leg, major surgery. And my first Sunday back at church, I don't even remember what was talked about in the message, but I remember going home and just being so repentant of putting Mm. my health and like wellness above what I knew what God had called me to do, which was to serve him. And so the next weekend I served at Seacoast for the first time. Wow. This was, um, so I moved to Charleston in July, August, and this, I broke my leg in October. And so I remember serving greeting downtown on King Street on crutches. Wow. Because I still had crutches for my broken leg. Yeah. But I feel like God used that to like really shape my journey. And so now I definitely prioritize health and wellness and exercise, but it's I... It's not above. Yes. Mm-hmm. And making sure that I am like spending more time with the Lord than I am doing a workout. That's so good. When you say mm. spiritual training, are you saying like your morning discipline, like your yeah. hour in the word or whatever it happens to be for you? Yeah. That's what you're referring to? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it is, I mean, it's a discipline. It's a desire, but mm-hmm. it's also a discipline. Yeah. And I feel like I live a pretty like disciplined, disciplined life. And you so really do. I think for me, it's also important to find things that I enjoy, which mm-hmm. is why... I like when I found your class (laughs) at first I was like oh my goodness everyone needs to come to this because you are going to experience God in this class and you're going to cry and you're going to have the best workout of your life and you might not know if it's sweat or tears running down your face (laughs) but like it's going to be so good keep bringing people yeah I loved it that's my evangelist in me if I find something good I'm going to tell people about it and so finding things that I do that mm. I enjoy, and I think that now that I'm like getting older, like I could definitely like feel that in my body, but I want to stay active. I want to be 80, 90 years old playing with my grandkids or great-grandkids mm-hmm. or whatever. I think my parents have been a really great example for me in that because they are so active and they they love to play with the kids. And yeah, I my kids all they really appreciate that about them that they'll like go out in the yard and yeah. do stuff with them and be playful. Yeah. So I feel like I'm And your health allows you to do these things. Absolutely. And when I I think it was the year I turned I think maybe it was right before I turned 40 around that time I had wanted to do a Spartan for a really long time and so I was like training and I did that and I could see myself like loving doing those kinds of things and continuing them and I just felt like the Lord wanted me to lay that down Mm. and I definitely have sensed a like shifting in like going from like hardcore weightlifting I still like to lift weights but like into more of things that are like kind and gentle to my Mm. body yes (laughs) but still wanting to stay super healthy and strong yes (laughs) 
That's yes. awesome. And I love too how even in your verse, the renewing of our minds, it's like sometimes we have it backwards and we are putting the physical workout first Mm -hmm. when like time in his word and reading these words of love and positivity like all of the things scripture provides can do so much everything for our health absolutely then even the results or whatever we're looking for like it might it's not in the workout first it's renewing your mind yeah so good okay last questions here what advice would you give your younger self enjoy every moment like how much younger self I mean that's probably good for any of my younger self I think (laughs) I think I really do. Like with my kids, I have enjoyed every season. Someone told me that years ago and I really like have embraced every season. And there's definitely like a little bit of like mourning that happens when they like go into the next season or whatever. But like, I just, I love every season. And so I think when my kids were younger, I probably got worked up about things that like Mm. I shouldn't have gotten so worked up about. Like maybe just give myself more grace, be more gentle with myself. I think that there's something to that, like being gentle and kind to yourself and giving yourself grace. I'm always going to be the first to extend grace to other people, but I think it's like really hard to do that for yourself. And so I think I'd tell myself like, give yourself more grace. Yeah. Um, I, we always had this mindset of our kids were never going to be the center of our world, that they were a welcome part of our family, Mm. but that they weren't going to be the center of our world. And so I think that like, I kept that mindset maybe to a fault of like, we're going to keep going and these kids are coming on this train with us (laughs) (laughs) and it's been really good. But I think it was really also like pretty stressful Mm. in some, some seasons. I got you. I definitely remember right after Kingston was born, being at this ministry event and nursing him and just crying and thinking like, what am I even doing here? <laughs> and I think I put so much yeah. pressure on myself that like the Lord didn't put that on me. Yeah. I just so relatable. Yeah. Just being able to say like having more confidence to say no to things that are not necessarily the best things. Yes. And you, there's a season there's a season for everything and you don't have to do it all in this season. Mm, that's good. Do you worry? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I definitely don't live in a place of worry, but I think anxiety is something that the enemy tries to put on all of us at certain points. And I feel like I definitely live under this like motto of like, there's really nothing to fear, but God, but those, those fears and the doubts, the, like the worries they can creep in. And I think the best remedy for that is just giving them to the Lord and Mm. continually like giving everyone and everything to him. What does that look like for you? Mm. Constant surrender talking to him like yeah pouring it out of yes. your mouth 
doing it like, yes, audibly in my mind, like giving God things, but journaling a lot. Like Mm -hmm. I'm, I love to journal and that's like a huge part of my relationship with the Lord is journaling. And I use that as a way to hear from him and to like, really, I think there's something to physical acts that bring spiritual release as well. And so like writing things down, like giving my kids to the Lord and just hard things that are going on doing that, like through a physical act of writing. Yes. We do that a lot on the weekends at Seacoast too, just writing down things and pinning them on the cross. Yes. What surprises you most about life? Oh God surprises me all the time. He's so much fun. (laughs) He really is. And I feel like I just, it never gets old, this relationship with him. And I love how he surprises me. And I know that he delights to give good gifts to his kids. And a lot of times I think he just wants us to ask him. I heard this message the other day and the pastor was talking about asking God for big things. And he was talking about being on an airplane and he got on this plane and his entertainment, like the audio or something didn't work. And towards the end of the plane ride, he asked the stewardess, he was like, so what are you going to do to compensate me for this um, lack of entertainment that I paid for on this flight? And she was like, oh yes, sir. And she was like, do you have sky miles or whatever miles with whatever airline it was? And he was like, I do. And she said, can you pull out your phone? And she added like 3,000 miles to his account. And the guy sitting right beside him had had the same issue. And the stewardess walks, just does that on the guy's phone and walks away. And the guy looks at him. And he's like, how'd you do that? And he was like, I just asked. And I'm like, that's such a good word, such a good reminder to mm. ask God for things. And he wants to surprise us, and he truly does immeasurably more than all we could ask or imagine. Yes, he does. He does. I love that. That's mm-hmm. such a great story. Yeah. Well, Jenna, thank you so much. This was a treat and honor to get to sit down with you and listen to you. So much wisdom. I'm going to listen to this and take <laughs> notes. Like, I got the 3Ds, I have the family vision, all the things. So thank you, and I love you. I love you. Thank you for